Today's episode of Seven the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. I'm popping bottles tonight. Come do for a fight if you're ready. Yeah. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles tonight. Welcome to episode 67 of the Second Edge Podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at JUMOSQ. I'm here with my co host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Verts. And we're here with a very special guest, Eric Galco, Optimum Scouting, Guru. <laughs> Draft guru analyst. He's never been wrong about a quarterback. He had never. a fourth round grade on Tom Brady. Yeah, which is perfect. <laughs> when he was in his diapers. Same with the people, Eric. Yeah, what's up, guys? How's everything going? It's good. And uh, we have our pal, Derek Classen, here sitting next to us. I don't know if I'm going to see him contribute, but he's here. So if you hear some clicking, it's Derek. He's got a great blazer. I'm here. I appreciate I'm here. it. I'm here. I might have a quarterback tape or two. That's about it. The only take I really have right now is that Shaquem Griffin is the best player in the draft. It is, okay. Let's actually let's start there. It's a crime that he's not getting invited to the combine. Yeah. So that's actually a big point of discussion this year, and I'm not going to bore the details because I'm still learning them as they go. But the combine this year changed their process of inviting players. So forever was national scouting, which does like those preseason lists, picks the players to the combine. They talk to teams, but overall, but this year, I'm just on this like this whole week. They've changed it where now teams actually vote on each player. And if a player gets, I'm told, 18 of 32 teams to vote that guy to the combine, he goes. So it ended up being a huge clusterfuck. That goes? Yeah. Okay. Um, I figured that out to make sure. Uh, <laughs> but no, because it's a huge clusterfuck because there are some teams who are like not voting on players because they want to hide them. And there are some guys like Puna Ford, which I think he's invited now. Maybe not. Because like he's not a fit for every team. So like if ten, he's, a, he's a third round pick for 10 teams. He's a late round pick for like... 10 more teams, then not a guy for 10 more teams. He's not in the combine. So it's a very bad process. And on that note, there are at least 75 spots, at least, which are still open. And they don't know what they're doing with them yet. So it's like, it's like the combine is, I wouldn't put any stock in guys not being combine invites yet. This league is so dumb. It's so inefficient. It's crazy. I was, I, you know, speaking of Puna Ford, I was actually talking to a guy who coached at Texas while Charlie Strong was there. Mm-hmm. And he said that two teams were looking at him as a fullback during the season. Dude, he's never played fullback before. Yeah. He, can play, he can play D-tackle, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he looked like at the Shrine game. because He actually was wasn't that impressed. I was expecting more out of him. Actually, P.J. Hall from Sam Houston State okay. going deep dive. He was at the Shrine game next to Puna Ford. Also a smaller D-tackle. He was awesome. But Puna was good. I mean, other D-tackles and D-ends I talked how to. Much you, how much did Puna weigh? Um, I think he was right around 300. So, yes, it's not like that. Uh, that remember that Wake Forest defensive tackle? Nikita no, he was yeah. like, and they had the... He was like five nine two. But the Roosevelt next kid from Kent State. Yeah. Also back to... Yeah, a, I, what is, why do we want to change positions so much? I don't know. Especially in today's NFL where like, we're so good at I see him well, smile like, already. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing here, obviously, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, like, I don't understand why you play fullback. No, I mean... He'll be able to hold up inside, like, worst yeah. case scenario. I know so, someone was asking me if he could play one or three on Twitter today. Javon Hargrave's playing, you know, he's playing nose tackle for the Steelers right now. So, yeah. if, if, yeah, tackle if he could play nose tackle, I mean, he could probably play nose tackle too, but I think he's probably, do you guys teams, he's going to be a three. Do you guys team. think it's like Aaron Donald, Grady Jarrett, and then we're done? Like, it's just like, because obviously, like, there's anomalies all the time, right? There's like Darren Sproles, like, who's the next Darren Sproles like that for like 10 oh, years? Man. But, like, I mean, Dar- I, I'm saying it because, like, 
I thought Donald was an anomaly, and then Grady Jarrett came along, and now Hargrave came along. Like these guys are just good in the NFL, right? Yeah, it's well, just he, small. I mean, Mike I don't Daniels. Really, uh, yeah, yeah, Mike Daniels. I don't think. I mean, Darrell Casey. If we want to go there, Darrell Casey is. Because it was a discussion team. I had with with this guy at the Dream Bowl two weeks ago, and talking about like the Grady Jarrett guys, because in addition to PJ Hall and Puna Ford being here, and he agreed. He was like, "No, like these guys can win because they're shorter, leverage, and yeah, as long as you, know, you can win inside. Ring, you just won the first round yeah. two years ago. If, yeah. if you can win inside hands and you can play with your hands above your eyes, like, not you're gonna be fine no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, it's so funny because people do the hyping, but if you look around the league, there's a lot of good short defensive tackles. Yeah, okay. it's crazy everywhere. Like, everywhere. Like, Plus, Puna Ford grew. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. The Shrine game, he was 5'11 and 0 eighths inches, and now he's 5'11 and 5 eighths. So, like, by the combine, he might be 6'2", 6'3". Someone's hands are going to grow by a half yeah. inch by the time yeah. the uh, combine happens. So, i got to be honest, I didn't watch that much practice today. Neither did I. Okay, so I we're off. I watched a lot. So, who stood out to you today? Uh, Kappa, the offensive tackle from Humboldt State. Who? Uh, Humboldt State. Humboldt State in California. They smoke a lot of weed there. Okay. That's what that school is. Um... <laughs> Uh, Duke Manyweather, who is a Humble State alum, has been hyping that guy up for probably yeah. the better part of two years. You gotta talk about him yeah. too. He's but, he's pumped. I mean, up. he played at Humble State, so I'm gonna be honest. I really didn't. No, watch, his film is awesome. He did he did well. There's though. a lot of like mediocre, I'll say, for lack of a better term, like small school players here that like should probably be here. But like Cap is absolutely one of them. He, he, awesome. fit, he fit the bill. Um, the kid from North Carolina A and I'm gonna say their schools because I still don't know their names. Yeah. But the offensive tackle from North Carolina A and T just got his ass whipped. Yeah. The entire time. I mean, Okoronkwo, uh, <clears throat> Basically, all that dude was doing was spin moves every single time he get got into a one on one. He crossed his face the time that they went head to head. Shaq Griffin went at him. Best player. And crossed crossed his yeah best player in the draft crossed his face. And he was in a position where his inside hand was the hand, uh, the lack of a hand, I guess I would say. Yeah. So, like, I mean, obviously. Lack of a hand. hand. Yeah, that's that's not great. That's not what you want to see against a pass rusher who's 200, yeah. 215 pounds or something like yeah. that. And then uh, he got his ass kicked by someone else. I can't remember. The Griffin. Oh, uh, Kylie Fitz, the kid from Utah, just went straight through his chest. It was The awful. Griffin thing on him. I think we're hopefully the stage now. First off, I, I, I think I tweeted before and I put in my article that, like, Let's move past the feel-good story. Like, he is a great story, whatever else. But, like, this, let's that him as a football player because that's what he is. And he's awesome. Yeah. But, like, let's have a – like, where can he play in the NFL? Like, I think someone mentioned on Twitter, like, can he play safety? And, like, he's got – he can't he can't play safety that much of space, ball skill-wise, for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, where – right, I mean, let's – we can laugh, but let's, let's have, like, an adult discussion. Like, he's great. Let's not feel bad, but he's great. It's kind of like when people were saying that Telvin Smith should move to – Safety. Yeah. yeah, who said that? That person's dumb. I mean, Shaq Thompson. Too. I don't know who said that. Was <laughs> oh, you said that? I was one of those. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say like definitely, but I'm like he sh- could the, move the there. The thing but. with that is, you know, you see guys move from safety to linebacker all the time, right? But you don't see the move from linebacker to safety, right? You don't have like that experience moving backwards in coverage and playing. Good point. And all that stuff. So, yeah, you can do any comfort too right. if you're and a linebacker. Then, you know, safety. the obvious handicap of only having five yeah. fingers is a. Uh, is, is going to be a struggle. For the wingspan me. caught me off guard today. The weigh-ins because at sixty-six, I was like, "Wait a minute!" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, right." right. But no, but he's. I mean, <laughs> and I think at linebacker, like I don't think it's a big deal. No, no, no. no because first off, like, I, and I think it's a longer discussion too. But that Eagles um, Vikings game, like the way Doug Peterson has, I think it's mostly him, turned the RPO to bring back the old West Coast offense. Because West Coast offense originally died because linebackers were too athletic. Right. You could play in space and the quick slants wouldn't work anymore. And now the RPOs have brought that back. I think for Griffin, like, 
you know, like Anthony Barr couldn't get a hand on the ball anyways in space. And Griffin's, I think, going to be better in space than Anthony Barr. So I think Griffin, like, as far as a hand thing, like, he'll kick and catch off passes that way, and he's fine. He's fine. And he's, most importantly, he's active in space. And that's why you defend the West Coast I mean, offense he, nowadays. He's so fast. He's so fast, man. And uh, the thing with Griffin is, you, you watch some of these linebackers around the league, and you're going to tell me, obviously, I'm biased as a Falcons fan, but he couldn't be Devontae Campbell, like something yeah. like that? Yeah. Plus teams love him because he's like he played every special teams in college and like he's gonna be the best special team player in the NFL. So like that that's that's guaranteeing him at least the fifth round. And I know I know certain people I mean, if we wanna open up uh open up old wounds. Greg Gabriel was talking about uh Shaq Griffin earlier and he's talking about, you know, how RIP my friendship. You know, hands hands matter so much at the NFL level and I understand that, but like so much of hands isn't like what you're doing with your digits. It's winning inside leverage inside of things. Yo, how many pass rushers get win. by with the club on their hand? Yeah, let's play all the time on that stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like it's. I mean, it's like it, it helps, but like this isn't foreign. It's, it's winning inside. Right. Hands. Like it's. It's. The, you watch Griffin on film. He wins as a pass rusher yeah, all the time. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Like I think. Yeah. I think that stuff's. Super overrated. I'm rooting for him. That's like, what we can talk about. Like, we, like let's have a football discussion about it because, like, right. he's a good enough player. Like, right. yeah, let's let's not hide the handicaps on an issue, but like, it's not even a big go, issue. Right? Go watch the Auburn game. Yeah. Oh, the Auburn game is one of the best linebacker games I've seen in a couple years. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he played better against Auburn than Roquan did against either playoff games. Like, that's I how agree. impressive Griffin was in that yeah, game. If you, especially the first game that Roquan played against Auburn, and he got bottom the first, yeah, the, um, first half the Oklahoma game. No, no, the first Auburn game. That they had at uh, Jordan O'Hare. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you compare that to uh, what yeah, Griffin. Sh- what Griffin did versus Auburn, you'd be like, "Well, this like I don't give a fuck if he's one hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's balling out here. But uh, you know, he, it's gonna it's gonna be annoying, man. Because the thing with this draft class is there aren't that many interesting storylines. Yeah. So you have Josh Allen's the greatest quarterback ever. He's the worst quarterback ever. Lamar Jackson is the greatest quarterback ever. He's a receiver, and then you have Shaq Griffin. Like, there's nothing really else to talk about this year. I feel like. I get I get so mad though, even Lamar Jackson stuff. Like, why is that a story? Like, why is why is Bill Polian? Sorry if he's listening. Sorry, Bill. Yeah, sorry, Bill. But like, but, but, but like, why? Like, why is he driving him. a national discussion? Yeah. Like, why? And like that Peter King, and I don't think it's Peter King's fault here either. But like, why was the story about Peter King talking to a different NFL scout mm-hmm. that's saying that Josh Allen, or John Dorsey might like Josh Allen? Like that was obviously conjecture and just interesting. And then it became a story of the Browns taking Josh Allen first overall. Like, that wasn't the story at all. Yeah. Like, let's stop being stupid well, I mean, in this discussion. Well, well, I feel like we're at the point in, like, media where we have, like, uh, like scripts, basically. Yeah. And it's like, okay, plug in the name. And it's oh, like, I mean, quarterbacks, all right, here's what we do with quarterback yeah. narratives and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I don't know, man. And then there's, like you guys were saying, I mean... I don't know how many. I think the interesting guys in this draft class, honestly, are probably like some of the defensive backs, and then like Quentin Nelson. And I think like maybe there's a narrative on like how high do you take a guard? The 2013 then, draft, I'll but remember. yeah, but it's like I don't know. That's a pretty awful, awful draft discussion. Yeah, it's like 2013 with some quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I just don't really know. You know, I, I've, I'm not gonna lie. I've had some trouble getting excited about the draft clashes because. All the narratives about the quarterbacks. Lamar's, Lamar's either, I mean, again, I've talked to a single person who mentioned Lamar as a receiver. Lamar's either a good quarterback or a bad quarterback. And honestly, I can see either way. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of him as a first two-round quarterback. I'm, I don't think I am. But he's a quarterback. And I think in the right system, with the recently fired Jets offensive quarterback, would have been a great fit. And he liked him. But there's teams that fit for Lamar Jackson. There's like every team, you know? I mean, there's some teams that fit Josh Allen, much as he sucks. I mean, some teams that make sense for him. The Steelers, the Chargers, they make sense for Josh Allen. Some teams make sense for Lamar Jackson too, but you know, 
this receiver stuff is just aggravating. What, what do you think of uh, John Morton getting fired? Because this is definitely a pro John Morton podcast. It seemed like yeah. people were talking about he was even Todd Haley him. getting hired elsewhere. That's what you talked about. Yeah, and people were talking about how he's kind of hard to work with apparently, and that some of the players were kind of mad about touches. But if you look at look at who was in that offense. Every single player in that offense set career marks other than Matt Forte, and Matt Forte's a 32-year-old. So, like, right. are we carrying Matt Forte's water, and yeah. he's just not getting along with, like, Todd Bowles? But, like, you could go back and look at uh, DVO, the Jets' DVOA at the time before the Petty injury. I, I mean, if you're starting Bryce Petty, I'm not holding anything <laughs> against you at this yeah. point. But before the Petty injury, they were 24th in offense, which isn't great, but when you consider, you know, what we had for expectations for that offense coming in, right. that's pretty... I mean, I mean, I mean, more importantly, like, I, I'm, I think stats are great, but like, also, like, let's eye test. Like, that Jets offense, like, right. was way more explosive than it ever should have right. been. Right, but it's Ooh. also so they were 24th on offense. They were also 24th on defense. But Todd Bowles like has the authority now in a in a must win year to just tear apart a quarter uh, offensive coordinator who is you know shooting above his marks. Right. Like, I, I really don't understand. And that team's going to draft a quarterback in this draft with a new offensive coordinator, new offensive staff. It, that's, yeah, I mean, everyone's coaching and GMing for their job right now in yeah, the Jets. It's crazy. People know that. I mean, people in the Jets organization know that. Like, this is a, this, this they got a lucky this year they all get fired and See, next I, year's new job. That's kind of why I think they could, they could make it around Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but just Kirk, want, Kirk doesn't want to go there. I, of course. Well, yeah. Well, yeah I don't know How about Case Keenum, though? For the Jets, how much, how much do you pay for Case Keenum? I actually have a number in mind. I've asked people around the league, like, what Case Keenum's number is going to be. What, what would you guys say it would be per year? I'd throw him... In a year, number, like a year 15. number. 15 a year for how many years? One. What, Mike what Lennon got 18? Yeah, 15. 15. He got 15? What would you do? So you're saying he's the same as Lennon? 16? I said 15. Higher. Yeah. yeah. Higher okay, I could, I could throw one. And if you're the Vikings, let's say, mean, let's say you know, let's say you're Minnesota, you know that Bridgewater is probably never going to be the same. Slap that franchise tag on. All right, but let's see. I mean, that's a lot of money for Case Keenum for a franchise tag. You know I mean, I mean, well, see, I, I, don't, I wouldn't really have a problem with Case Keenum being the franchise tag because it's not like he was just like some one-game wonder. He did, he did put together a pretty good season. Right. So I, I wouldn't have an issue with that. I, I think you, if you're a Vikings, you slap the franchise tag on Case Keenum, let Sandy Bradford walk. Yeah, Bradford's and, gone. And yeah. draft the quarterback in the first round. The first round. Yeah. That's So... I, we've talked with... We saw a regression with Case Keenum, but it wasn't enough to let him walk. But Arif Hassan has said the same thing, basically, where he's like, franchise tag and then draft a guy in the first round, and I struggle to find when the last team has spent that much, you know, used that many investments on a guy. For Rick Spielman, GM of Vikings, I think is one of the best in the league. Right. Honestly. That defense is loaded. Ro- loaded. And he drafts well on offense. I mean, even the offensive line has been great, but whatever else. He's going to spend four first-round picks in his GM career on quarterbacks. Ponder... Bridgewater, who else did I miss there? Someone else he drafted too. Uh, before Ponder. He, he traded for Bradford. And Bradford's one. I'm forgetting the fourth one too. Four first round picks he spent on quarterbacks in his tenure as GM. Was he there for Tavares Jackson? I think he was like a second, second round pick. pick. Though, yeah. I know someone else I'm missing too, but crazy. No, that's what I mean. The fourth one would be this year's draft. Okay. Like, no way. He's like a fifth. I mean, but I think Keenan, the number with Keenan is like, I don't know if they trust Bridgewater. Mike Zimmer loves Bridgewater. So, like, I don't think I get rid of Bridgewater. And there's, I've asked around, there's no market for Bridgewater, really. Like, he might get a one-year five. You don't know. You just don't right, know. right. I mean, I thought after the Jaguars, and they're like, not really. Like, Jaguars are going to make a move for Bridgewater. Right. So, you know what? Let's pivot back. I think that's a good talking point to recap these NFC championship, the championship games. Because I don't know. I really don't have anything else to say about the first day of the senior bowl. No. So, let's just recap the uh, the championship games. It's for the Jaguars and the Patriots. They almost got it done. Close. So close. Uh, 
And you can just kind of see that at various points in the game, especially as they you know approach halftime and the second half, they just didn't trust Bortles to get it done. Why? Because well, he sucks. But he wasn't that bad in that game. Right, I know. See, right, he wasn't that bad in that game. Give him a chance, you know. You won with him there. I mean, I've seen his boy Bortles, but like... Yeah, see, I, I thought the worst thing they did was when they got the 55 seconds down in the second quarter, and they still had two timeouts. Go down the field. Yeah. Go for it. I don't know why they got so scared there, but once they got to 20 and 10 in the second half, so Warren Sharp, Sharp Football, yes, yeah. amazing stuff. He had a thread on Twitter yesterday where he said... Uh, so for every play, once he got to 20 and 10, the Jaguars' offense went this. They went shotgun, no fullback, run for net, first down. Second down, every pass they threw on second down was over 20 yards down the field. Then third down, they're just trying to get something going. Right. So, you know, you, I don't get it. You're playing conservative, then you're going balls to the walls, and then you're trying to get something going on third down. And I think that that just, you're not going to be Bill Belichick like that. When you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, but they've kind of been like that all year, the Jaguars. It's been a lot of big play offense for them because they're blowing their defense. They can be, you know, not as great on offense and just be a big play. Fournette big runs. What's the other number they had that big play of the game? They have Chris something? Uh, Corey Grant. Corey Grant. Yeah, yeah he had a couple big plays this season, too. All, and I, was the receivers, say, I was like, I know you're not talking about Chris Ivory. No, and the, no <laughs> the, and the receivers have played well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it wasn't their game plan or they just, like, didn't want to adapt, but. I thought Bort- I asked, and the throw that Bortles made that Gilmore knocked down right. was an that's awesome amazing. throw, yeah. awesome throw, and I think it could have been better. But I don't know. I, I think that's that's the Jaguars' peak. I mean, that's let's not be mad about this. This fucking Jaguars have been terrible oh, forever. Like this is they were a, a, a Stephon Gilmore play away from going to the Super Bowl and being favorites in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, with the Jaguars, we talking about Kirk Cousins and the Jets. I, I don't I don't remember who who tweeted out today, but somebody said, oh Scott McLuhan. Uh, the old German for, the, for uh, Washington. He said that Kirk Cousins has like notes on every single team that he could be possibly be interested. In. You know what their system is, who the players are, what draft picks yeah. they have, what the free agent system looks like. Uh, you know, just everything that he could possibly have about because you know he's he's what twenty eight, twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So this is his last, last team at, right. a, at a big shot, a big contract. So uh, I think Jacksonville would be pretty enticing. Yeah, because. You know, if you cut Chris Ivory and you let Marquis Lee walk, and maybe you get rid of, uh, I don't know, yeah, you know, somebody down, maybe Abby yeah. Johns. Yeah. You, you have some money to work with. Right. No, I mean, I think, and for Kirk, like, he is truly not a guy who cares about the money. It's more about what the money says about him. And he's been pissed that he's been, like, franchise tagged and, like, because it started up in Washington when well, he first got there. there it was the best. They're still calling him. Uh, Kirk Cousins, like the the dude who's Kirk, running, yeah, 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 I forget what his name is. The dude who's Bruce, you know, Bruce Allen, yeah, yeah, Bruce Allen's been on TV still calling him Kirk. Cousins. He was he was like, really an afterthought for too long there in the RG three era, yeah. and he's still bitter about that. And to be honest, the one thing I think he stays in Washington if he does, Bill Callahan. So this is a stat. I don't know who has it. Maybe it's just a private stat. Like NFL team has it, but like he's been knocked down. Maybe it's hit knocked down or hit the fewest times by far in the NFL over the last three years. So he knows he's been healthy in Washington. They've gotten better about the relationship, but the Jaguars are enticing. I think Tom Coughlin make a huge pitch. I think it's still Denver. I think Denver wants to spend. Denver's where it feels well, comfortable. Just, Denver can't trust themselves to make another quarterback pick, can they? Yeah, John Elway can't trust himself. <laughs> yeah, but Paxton might be all only right. Only so many tall whites in the world, man. Only so many tall whites in the world. Uh, see, pardon me. I kind of feel like Kirk could go back. To I think I think it's more likely. I think it's more likely not because when you think about it, people say you can't give that much money to Kirk Cousins. 
That would not even be like top five worst contracts right. that Dan Snyder's given. No. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what one thing that people talk about. I know we were going there for a second, like Dan Snyder's giving out, like, oh yeah, not even close. It's not even close. I know a lot of people bring that up where they're like, is Kirk, is Kirk Cousins worth, you know, 22, 25 million, whatever that is? And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like, yeah. like it's more of an indictment that like a lot of other quarterbacks are being underpaid right now than like, than that. Like I'd rather yeah. have, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins for 22, 25 and then not have to, you know, put like a single brain cell toward there's I wonder though for Kirk, I don't think it'll matter for Kirk, but it might. But there's so many free agent quarterbacks this year that teams can talk with. Well, like starters. Bree, Breeze is going to go back. Like, yeah, but everyone knows Alex Breeze. Smith. I mean, okay. the Chiefs can't bring him back unless well, he's the what, starter. What's Alex Smith's market going to be compared to? At least sixteen, seventeen. And if you're, I mean, if you're, and if you're the Broncos, not saying Kirk's like, I'll leave here for twenty five. You can get Alex Smith for sixteen. That saves you a lot of money. So Alex Smith, Case Keenum, is, Sam Bradford, okay. Bridgewater. All right, all right. So you're saying. The difference between Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith is might be might be nine million dollars. Yeah, nine million dollars. Well, it should be or not. Yeah, I think it will. Be. Uh, what? Okay. Are would you rather have Colt McCoy and nine million dollars of cap space or Alex Smith? Um, I think Jay Gruden would have a tough. I think he likes Alex Smith a lot, from what I've been told. But he loves Colt McCoy. Because I was gonna at say, least he pretends to like Colt. I, McCoy. I really don't even think that there's that big of a difference between like. Alex Smith and Colt McCoy. Or move on Baker Mayfield. Huh? Or move on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's I saw someone. Maybe it was you. Someone tweeted out that there's like real. I think the team that doesn't get Kirk Cousins will draft Baker Mayfield. The Broncos and the Redskins. Okay. Damn. I I, I don't know. Why. What do you What do you think? Of, the Broncos were putting Mayfield with the second team today when we were doing immediate reps. I mean that stuff matters a little bit, a little teeny tiny bit. No. I was watching the offensive line. I mean, it does. I mean, no, no, no. I, I mean, Josh watching. Allen's the first team quarterback. He was horrible today. What are you talking? That's confirmation bias. Yeah. <laughs> the receivers could catch. Yeah, they balls. He's, he's throwing it too hard. He's, yeah. he's literally too good to be on the yeah. field with anybody. Yeah. Just putting the whole thing. He throws stuff. harder than jugs machines. Like <laughs> up close, he's harder than yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> I hate the draft. For that to matter, though, think about that. He would have to have mythic arm strength. No, I mean mythic like. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, people talk about uh, receivers who play with Brett Favre. I, like, he broke my fingers throwing passes sometimes. He'd have to throw like holes through people's hands yes. for him not to be able to play. Yeah. Just, uh, On that note, we lost. We were at the NFC playoff. NFC playoff. Oh yeah. So you want to know how I experienced that? Uh, I was on a plane and the TVs weren't working, and then they restarted everything because the Wi-Fi wasn't working. And then uh, I tuned in, and I literally tuned in to the drive before the Patriots scores touchdown. So I see like three and out. Three and out Jags, they're up a score. Yeah. They punt to Amendola. Amendola takes it to midfield. And then I was like, no, nah, man, I've seen this one before. Yeah. Like, I've seen this movie before. So, how There's about this? Touchdown in the back of the end zone. So, I talked to someone who talked to Chris Hogan. Okay. Um, uh, Like, the day after the game. And he said, literally, one of their biggest aspect of their game plan against the Jags. This is I did 100% correct factual, which I'm baffled by this. It sounds so simple. They said Belichick's plan at offense was to. The whole first quarter, three quarters of the game, to run AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey on as many verts as possible. Mm-hmm. Literally, his gas main them. main offensive strategy was just to gas them. Yeah. He rope a doped the Jaguars defense, yeah. and then it worked. No, I mean, the, like that's literally that's Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan had, he had one catch the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like he just ran. If you watch the replay of the game, he ran verts like ninety percent of the plays. Well, I know that that comes up that's a lot more in college than in the NFL. I think. 
But like that's one thing that like I mean Baylor's kind of Baylor under Browns is kind of the opposite, right? Where they wouldn't run their receivers because they knew that you know those guys kind of get gassed. But people talk about that all the time. Where like uh, I think Ohio State's talked about that a little bit. Why, why they why they put such an emphasis on defensive backs just being like yeah. ready to go? Yeah, because they're like guys will just run us off, run us off, run us off. And then once you get to that second level of defensive back, that drop off is so fast yeah. that it's like as soon as a third defensive back you know comes in as a boundary guy, then it's like that's a marked man. We're going at that guy every single time. And the Jags weren't gonna take Jalen Ramsey or AJ Boy off the field in the right. first quarter no, no, of the game. No, no, no. Yeah, but the, I thought where Jacksonville messed up was after Gronk got hurt. They just went heavy zone. So yeah. is that is that why? Do you think that's why? Is they like some sort of halftime adjustment where they're like they're they running our asses off? There's yeah. no way we're gonna compete. At but these. the thing, who scares you on an offensive Gronk? I, I agree. I agree. I think. I think if. I think if Chris Hogan goes on vertical and you have Tom Brady, then I guess you have to keep defending it. It's funny but because that caught me off guard. I, mean, I was like, "That's all of what like Chris Hogan's main job was to get AJ Boyer Jones tired. That was his only job in the whole game." And if, if, you, if you go back and watch, worked, uh, or go back and read about the 2015 Broncos, where they were just trying to cover one, because oh, you know you got Ware, uh, Eric Von Miller, and you got those three corners behind them, like. Uh, what I keep believe he was talking about how he went to Wade Phillips and said, you know, I'm gas, like we're running man every play. And he's like, well, that's what we're good at, so yeah. we're gonna keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I and mean, when you come to Jacksonville, it's kind of like the same thing where if you're gonna have Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bowie, there's literally no one on that offense that scares you with Bronco. Yeah, so just strap up, suck it up in the next 30 minutes, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they decided to. It was up. They got picked apart. And it's just, I don't get why teams out think themselves like that. Nice beer crack there, Justice. I will. I Justice have. is drinking a Budweiser. Budweiser, if you're listening to this, we will accept your sponsorship money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the NFC game. I mean, just a total beatdown by the Vikings. Or, no, by the Eagles. It, it, was, it was funny because that first drive, the Vikings were running their offense with their backs completely, and then they were just moving down the field. I was pumped. And I was, yeah, I was watching that, and I was like, no doubt, Vikings are making As it. As someone like, who bet the Vikings, I was like, <laughs> I, took, I took a shower, I took my thing, 7 nothing, like, duck cake, and that was it. But yeah. And then just fucking floodgates. I, the, the Eagles are now like the Los Angeles Rams running with golf. You were talking about big big play Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, yeah. the Rams kind of lived and died off of big plays and yeah. ended up stopping because, you know, the Falcons back into their defense was athletic. I think, you know, the Vikings back into their defense is athletic, and they were kind of there on some of those chunk plays. But, like, God damn, if they weren't ripping them off, man. You guys have an idea that I do. Is Doug Peterson the one who's, like, the big helmet? Like, he's the reason the offense has been successful in Philadelphia? Or is it? Yeah, he's calling the plays. He's calling the plays? Yeah. Like, where are we at in terms of him being one of the smartest offensive minds? Oh, I've been on that train for half a season. Because I was was blown away by that. I think I said before we recorded it, but, like, the my takeaway from that is, like, that offense is Bill Walsh's 80s West Coast offense, but he's made it in this era because of the RPOs and linebackers. It's like like if if Urban Meyer and Bill Walsh sat down together and said, let's build an offense. (laughs) That's what Doug Pearson Right. And you look back at... Uh, and that's the story of that game. Yeah, like the Vikings' right. defense was still all right. They were just like outcoached, and his offense is yeah, and, and with Doug Pearson, you know, there's a lot of talk with you know Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, the young guns, kind of yeah. bring the new new age to the NFL. But like Peterson's he, right there. Yeah. I was like Peterson's not even old. Like, yeah. Peterson's not even really. He just that looks old. like a, he looks like he's a just guy, got the so. he's got the gray hair and he looks like a lunch lady. Other than that, he's pretty much fine. But uh, <laughs> so if if I write an article, which I've been thinking about doing, I still might do it just for fun. Like about like how the Eagles could just create Carson Wentz and still be all right. Like, 
How bad would that be reviewed on I'm Twitter? Here. Oh, here, no, hey, I'm here for that. Here's the, here's the issue: is you lose. I would do it. I would do it purely people. satirically and just be like, I, I have a take though. Oh, Nick Foles' game against the Vikings was better than any game Carson Wentz had this season. It's better than any game in the playoffs outside of Brady I can remember in recent history. It, 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 I thought what Aaron Rodgers against the Falcons, Matt Ryan versus the Packers last year. Dude, I don't know, man. Uh, Nick Foles was away against backup. Nick Foles was perfect in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, perfect. I like in the pocket, breaking outside the pocket, adjusting off receiver routes. That Zach Ertz play when Zach Ertz breaks off, perfect timing. I mean, that was that was an awe of Nick Foles. Yeah, and you remember the the flea flicker to Torrey Smith. Dying. Yeah. Yeah. Dying. Yeah. The safety's coming over. Harrison Smith. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's really interesting that they switch like. They had the awareness to switch to that basically in the second half of the divisional round. Yeah, because they were running those RPOs in the first that half much, and it was just like instant, what, like twenty five times, thirty times. Yeah, actually, remember, RPOs? this is this is the same. This is the same Eagles offense that not three weeks ago couldn't put points on the board against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, who had nothing to play for. Listen, I don't know that that's a that's a big boy decision for Peterson to just kind of you know embrace that thing. I think Vikings, Vikings just out coached. That's all I end up being. I mean, Harrison Smith I, I gotta, had the worst. I got to some credit to Nick Foles, too, though. Yeah. Ball, though. No, he, yeah. he made... He, but, I mean, it's like the Vikings defense isn't that bad. Well, so the thing, too... Is, I mean, it's just a bad game, and Rhodes didn't play well, and Terrence Newman was on Torrey Smith way too often. But they outside got, of that... Yeah, they got, they got... Rhodes was banged up on the sideline for a right. couple of those chunk plays. Harrison Smith had, like, by far the worst game I've ever seen right. Harrison Smith play. They were right there on a couple of chunk plays. Like, I think if the, you replay that, it's not looking like a blowout every single time, but... Um, I mean, you got to give it to him. I, one thing that I was noticing because I was held hostage on a plane, I was like really paying attention to the goddamn game. Was uh, I couldn't go on? Poor you. I couldn't go on Twitter, so I was held hostage. <laughs> um, I was really paying attention to like the trenches and like the Eagles were winning on both sides. Like that that Minnesota Vikings front is really good, um, but that Eagles offensive line just kind of swallowed those guys whole. Yeah, they just made, made them disappear basically. So it's always funny when teams go to the Super Bowl like. What are the needs of the Eagles right now? It like, feels like there's nothing, right? DBs. Corners. Yeah. I guess corners. I'm, I'm but yeah, isn't Darby been out? He's, already, he's back. No, Darby's been he's playing, back, right? I saw something from Daphne Cairo. So, let's move on to the Super Bowl matchup. Uh, are you going to want to join us for some spread picks real quick? Yeah. I've been, I will say, and this is not making this up just because of the podcast, I've lost three games in football betting the last month. The only three. I bet every single game. Okay. Uh, the Eagles game most recently, I bet the Vikings against the Eagles. But before that, it that's was Saints plus four. Oh, that's it. That one hurt. <laughs> I bet Georgia to win the national championship in October. That was going to be a ridiculous payout. Yeah. So You got close? Hey, look, I know from experience, don't bet on Georgia sports, Atlanta sports to ever win it all. They were so good, though. You remember, I remember there was a year where the Hawks, a few years ago, where they won yeah, the first in the East. Yeah. And then they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they get swept by yeah. the cap. Now the worst team in the league now. They're going to be the right. first in the lottery. Three years see. later, they're first in the lottery. You get the Falcons, 28-3. That shit was insane. And then uh, last week against the Eagles, or two weeks ago, you get down the first in goal on the 10, and then you throw a shovel pass your third down, your third string running back on second down. You And then the fourth down play, you run a one-route Julio Jones route. Yeah, and I mean... One route could be open that whole play. Only one. And because and if you go back and read Ronald Darvis' comment after the game, they motioned out Derek Coleman, their fullback. <laughs> Who is deaf? Deaf. They're deaf fullback. They motioned out wide. <laughs> and Ronald Darby said as soon as they motioned out wide, they said, he said, I know what's going to happen. They're going to sprint the other way because you're not going to throw a fullback. Yeah. 
With the season on the line? With the you season? don't trust him? With the, the, thing is, the thing is, the only person who I would believe would do that would be, like, fucking Mike McCarthy. Like, I could see Mike McCarthy doing that dumb shit, because he just, like, any sort of, like, goal line. You saw this with the Atlanta game last year, where they were, like, at the nine-yard line, they're like, we got to give it to fucking Aaron Ripkowski, and he fumbles the ball. Yeah. It's the same reason, like, Taylor John... Taylor R.I.P. Jake, like, like, John Coon has, like, as many postseason touchdowns as he has regular season touchdowns, because McCarthy's just, like, got to keep him on their toes. That was the most baffling call, too, because, like, the comeback route for Julio Jones, if the corner can guess right, which is, like, a 53 guess, the corner can, like... Play it back in the end zone or play to come back, and then even the even you could do like anyone could do that. Just guess right, and the play's ruined to to lose your season or win your season. A quarterback guessed right and he won. Yeah, that's, you know what's funny today is I, I was actually talk, I was talking with Dan Quinn in the North and South practices, and how the hell did you do that? He's, he's shameless, bro. bro I love, no, it's not shameless. I love it, man. I saw bro, you talking to some people today too. Yeah, he was on the uh, he grinder, was, he was grinder, senior and I was sitting with Emery Hunt, football game plan. They do all Shout out. And I just... Lime green like, shirt all week? Yeah. Shout out. And I was just like, oh, I was like, there's Dan Quinn. I was like, I'm going to go talk to him. So he's like on the sideline, and uh, he's about to go watch practice. And I, call, I was like, Coach Quinn, Coach Quinn, Coach Quinn. And he, he came over, and we were talking, and uh, he thought... At first, he was just going to shut me off. And then once he realized, like, I, t- I, I plugged, like... He's like, oh, you guys are drafting the guy at the senior bowl every year. Grady Jerry, uh, Deion Joe, Duke Riley. He's like, oh, okay, this guy's like... Not an idiot, like you know what he's talking about. And then uh, he's like, you know, obviously we would we don't want to be here because we'd rather be prepared for the Super Bowl. And I was like, yeah, the way this season ended kind of sucked. He's like, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you got that. Uh, the, why why can't they fire Sark? Yeah, because well, I, I don't know exactly why. But I have a theory. If they hired, if they fired Sark and hired like John Morton, like how excited would you be? Uh, I, <laughs> like, because like, it would make sense. Right it makes so much sense. Well, anyway, yeah, like, Aaron Julio Jones. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, but Sorry. the thing, the thing yeah, with so. with, uh, with Sark, at least my theory is, is Dan Quinn. He wants continuity on that side of the ball since he's got control of the defense. So he just went out and got literally someone who could never be hired as a head coach in the NFL, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, you could never sell a fan base on that. That's so we're gonna take these growing pains. We know we're still going to have a competitive offense with, you know, our offensive line. He's got training, training wheels, if nothing else. Training, he got training wheels, and no one's ever going to hire him to be an NFL head coach. So, yeah. I will say for the Eagles, too, that's, like, part of the allure of Jim Schwartz. Because Jim Schwartz was so bad, like, non-football-wise in Detroit. Like, he was... I've heard so many horror stories about how bad he was in Detroit. Give, give, give us a couple, because they were holding him up in Buffalo, right? When they beat Detroit. The, like, players, like, hoisted him. Yeah, like, he, players like him. I mean, he's a player's guy. But, like, just, like, abusive some of the staff. Like, if, if stuff came out about him as his other coaches in football in Arizona, let's say, with Rodriguez, like, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. There's a reason that the be- he's the best defensive coordinator in football. And he got, what, one interview? Maybe Something. zero, maybe? I mean, so it's the same idea with him. Like, the Eagles know, and I'd overpay for Jim Schwartz, but the Eagles know, like, he's not going anywhere for a couple of years at least. Just like Sarkeesian. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's on hard. But, I mean, yeah, but is that, that good of a deal? No. I mean, I, That sounds horrible. Look, for me, I like We love this guy because he'll never get promoted, ever. So, <laughs> yes. That's the most ever felt thing ever. North Turner's son. But I see with Dan Quinn, at least I, I kind of see it with the Falcons, is who have they missed on the draft? Besides Jalen Collins. No one. That's not even that bad of a miss. Right. Because he, I mean, he was a jackass. I was. He was a jackass. And like, you know, yeah. That stuff kind of happened. You, you roll the dice on him in the second yeah. round. That's fine. When you but, have two good corners. Yeah. Right. But when you have 
you know, everyone from 2015, 2016 draft, they got better. So from Dan Quinn's mind, if I can make all these guys better, why can't I make Sark better? So how do they make the offense better this offseason? Like, what do you do? Uh, you you stop, stop blocking defensive ends with receivers. Because yes. that shit's way too cute. Number one. Yeah. Uh, don't be so schizo with the Julio Jones targets. You know, it, it's one game with 20 targets, and then it's, the next game is three. Do you have to add more receivers to that offense? I think Austin Hooper's awesome. I, I, like, I, think, I, like I think Austin Hooper, situationally, might be their second-best offensive weapon, passing-wise. Him or Taylor Gabriel, mm. I think the second-best guy. Well, thing, I like Gabriel, too, but it, Sark just doesn't know how to use him. So yeah. if you want to let him walk, that's fine. I, I See, what I kind of want the Falcons to do is if you have a chance to go find your Juju Smith in the second round, pull that trigger. Like, if DJ Moore, replace the new. If DJ Moore is there at fifty-eight or fifty, I don't know, wherever they are. Why not? Why not twenty-eight? I just don't think they're going to draft receiver in the first round. But they should. I mean, what else do they need? A line help? Well, I, they're going to take. I think they're going to take a guard in the first round, the left guard, because the, they're going to let Levi walk soon. Like Will Hernandez. You that early. Isaiah Wynn. No, man. I don't, I don't think they could take... I don't think Hernandez fits in that. Because, like I said, no, he, he's very close to Leary. I think Wynn. Hernandez is. Isaiah Wynn. Sub nine and chain. Who the fuck? He's a beast. You team got, you got team Zoo. You got Team Zoo. No, I'm just saying Team Zoo. I'm I'm just, I, I, again, I, I, do have de- I do have a tough time. I get better about, uh, like, separating what I think and what teams think. And, like, sub nine and chain guard... Team guard like that guy in the first I, round. I, don't know if the I saw DJ did that though. DJ mocked him there. I really don't know if the Falcons care about that. They care about yeah. three cone, ten split, broad jump, and that's really it. You know? Yeah. It's outside of that, it doesn't really matter how big of a as long as you can run and you can hit. That's fine. Uh, so it's just gonna be interesting where they go there. But wow, we got super duper sidetracked. The Eagles, Eagles, super Eagles, Eagles, Patriots. Uh, <laughs> so the line opened at Patriots minus six. It is now fallen to Patriots minus five. So uh, people are putting some money on the Eagles. Uh, Justice, let's start us off. Where's your pick going? It's Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, bro. It's Tom Brady versus Nick Foles. I'm gonna be honest. Like it was Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Is that fine gonna fall anymore? Is that line going to go any more down from five? I don't think so. I don't know. How, how much further could it go? So if this game were in New England, yeah. what this line is saying is New England would be an eight-point favorite if it were. That, in Philadelphia, the Patriots would be a one-point favorite. That still feels not enough to me. I I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'll the Patriots, but I mean, I'll, I'll wait if I have yeah. to. I, I think right now it's probably... probably For me, the day, the day Carson... This sounds horrible because I took game into this, but the day Carson Wentz got hurt, I put money on... The Saints win the NFC, which was a good bet. That was like ten to one. I thought it was Saints it was and Vikings. And then yeah. the Patriots win the Super Bowl, and it was four to one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that's that's where I'm at right now. So I'm already thinking the Patriots are going to win, but like, I don't know, six? Well, it's five points. Yeah. That feels low for the Eagles. I, I agree. It does. Is the Jaguars' defense better than the Eagles? Their pass defense is not the run defense, but, but at the same time, the Patriots they could get any point on the ground because uh, I think I think when you get into the postseason. You kind of play individual matchups. Right. When you look at Jacksonville's defense line, Clay's Campbell, Wink Jackson, Marcel Darius, Keanu Nick and Godwin, other Fowler, they're going to beat up a lot off of the line. So I, I don't really know what to make of, of that. I think Fletcher Cox and Co. will have a big day. Fletcher but, Cox is like the third best defensive lineman there right now. Are you? Yeah, he is. What, what can Fletcher he, hasn't been good this year compared to other years. I've been watching all season. You're awful. You're what bad. can the Eagles do differently than the Jaguars to beat I watch the NFL. I don't watch college football. I don't watch the NFL. What can the Eagles do differently than the Jaguars did to stop Tom Brady? Uh, don't have more on running 
Or, oh, what can the Eagles do differently? Like, well, I, no, because the Jaguars had a good blueprint and they, they just did. blew it in the end of the game. So, what can the Eagles do I to change that? Because not that differently as far as personnel. I, I think except a quarter. For the Eagles is just don't outsmart yourself on the offensive end. Do what works. Like with Jacksonville in the first half, they were running you know twenty one personnel, fullback Leonard Fournette. We're running the ball straight up. And yeah. In the second half, they went shotgun. Yeah. Why are you taking the fullback off the field? For, for who, for what? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I, I think, I, I don't, I can't see Doug Peterson as smarting himself like that. He's not, you know, he, he's kind of been in these situations with Andy Reid before in the past. So I, I think that that's going to help him a little bit. Not the Super Bowl, but playoff experience. Uh, I just, I just don't know. Like that five line is, it's kind of, kind of shaky. Yeah, I mean, I think the Patriots are the obvious bet, but I don't know. I think the Eagles' offense is better than the Jaguars. I think more consistent, so, at least more reliable. Same. Same. And then it's like. The Eagles secondary. I mean, that's what I'm asking you guys as an expert opinion here. But like, what can the Eagles defense do differently? Because like, they don't have the jet corners the Jaguars do. I think they're a better defensive scheme, not better defensive personnel, better scheme than the Jaguars are. And can that make a difference? I mean, what what do they have to hold the Patriots to to win that game? Is it is it 24 again? Is it less I mean, than 24? I don't I don't know if it matters this much, but I think they have. Uh, I, I would take their interior pressure. Over what over what Jacksonville has right yeah, now. Cause he, he, I agree. He and then I think Brandon uh, Brandon Graham is probably a better pass rusher than. And Jacksonville any, got to Brady early in the game, yeah. consistently. And he just can't. Twice Cam got hurt in the second series of the game. Yeah. They were still getting. I remember yeah. when I, I so like I said I tuned into that game after like basically at the Amendola punt and they took it down to the red zone and it was like Miles Jack died and then uh, died. Someone, yeah, he's R.I.P. He's not good. And then uh, some, someone else died. All right, see for sure. <laughs> I think who was it? Malik Jackson? Was it Malik Jackson? I can't remember who it was. No, Marcel, Marcel Darius got hurt. Marcel Darius, yeah, that's who it was. At a goal line stand, Marcel Darius is pulled Derek off from the, the bleachers. <laughs> Miles Jack pulled off the line, and I was like, God damn, this is not good. I thought they were just going to be able to pound it in with those two guys out in the interior, and then they just go back at the end zone because, of course, Tom Brady's going to go back at the fucking end zone. The one thing I think Jim Schwartz always has struggled with is guys out of the backfield, um, and that's the one thing I learned. White game. Yeah, I think it's going to be James player White. Player prop. James White. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, that's the one well, thing I worry about the Eagles. The and I mean, the corners are obvious for the Eagles, but I mean, who's going to beat them? Is Chris Hogan really going to beat the Eagles? I think he, I mean, he'll have a good game. But like, I think that Deion Lewis, James White, like it's going to be probably 20 catches for those guys combined, not necessarily 20 targets. Yeah, think, that's my big concern. I think, you know, if you look at what the Jags were able to do for, you know, a half and half in the third quarter, get home. What, what the Falcons were able to do for three quarters, great Jarrett, three sacks. Get home. Yeah. Make them uncomfortable. So, that, and the Eagles definitely have the person who'll do it. Look at Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, uh, Derek Barnett, Chris Long, Vinny Curry. They have the guys that right. can get home. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 obviously, you don't trust Jalen Mills and uh, Ronald Darby as much as you do Jalen Ramsey and AJ Billy. But I, I do like Jackson. I do like Philadelphia's defense line better as a whole unit. Than uh, Jacksonville because I think Jacksonville is a little top heavy. Yeah, and it falls off. But Phillies are pretty well well rounded. And if you can get to a point where you're in the game, let's say you're down twenty to seventeen, you're the Eagles. You kind of I think you trust Doug Peterson to get something going. I mean, he, he just schooled Mike Zimmer a few days ago. So who's to say he couldn't do it to Beltic and Patricia? I I trust especially to Jim Schwartz. And I, bigger, I put the, the Eagles against the Falcons in that game. I, it was an easier bet than maybe I end up being. But, like, you give Jim Schwartz two weeks. I think he's the best defensive coordinator in football right now. Obviously, it's Brady. That's the I mean you're going against. But, like, that's why I think the Eagles might be the bet in general. Because, like, Jim Schwartz for two weeks, again, a Patriots offense, it's going to have a 60% Gronk. 
and no other good receivers, and you know what they're going to do. 60% Gronk. Hold wait, on, let's wait, talk wait. about this. He he's, he's not physically limited here. He had a concussion. We'll yeah. see. Okay. You know, let's some vodka. He's, had, he's got a lot of... He's got a lot more self-concussion going on. Okay. Guy yeah, like, like Cam's got more stuff for that. They'll spray some vodka, and what was the stuff that Ray Lewis was taking? During uh, Deer Deer spray. spray? Yeah. yeah, and he'll be good to go. Play some house music, and he'll be ready to go. Uh... Man, I, I think I want. I don't take the Eagles plus five. I kind of take it too, and I, I've seen the one with the Patriots. Let's but lose like money together. That's but like, I kind of the more I talk myself into it, more it's like you know what? I trust Jim Schwartz, and I don't know. You know what? Fuck the Patriots. Eagles plus five. That's yeah. my pick. What about you, Justin? If, if the difference, yeah, let's go. Let's go with Philadelphia because if the difference, you just changed. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna change for this reason and this reason only. If if the difference between Eli Manning's the amount of wins, the amount of rings that Eli Manning has against Tom Brady. And my rings against Tom Brady is split by Nick Foles. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. I will say the one Tom thing Brady. I was mad about, and that I think it was a Patriots game, was the t- the the blatant TB12 commercial sponsored by Facebook. Did you guys see that commercial? No. Commercial where like it was a Facebook Live commercial, but it was literally just TB12 for full minute ad. <laughs> and I was like, this is the future of Tom Brady. Okay. He has, yeah, yeah. He's over him being just a quiet like a Derek Jeter like guy. Now he's going to be. In your face, my life's better than yours, and be with me now. And I don't like it, and I'm I'm willing to bet against that out of pride. Let's everyone turn against Tom Brady. So, so what do you? Everyone is. Lines went down a point right there, now. There was a bunch of like conspiracy theory stuff when that the, when that story came out uh, when uh, Seth Wickersham wrote that story for you. Yeah, it was all Belichick. I mean, it's all it's true, right? It's, all, like, it's all, true, but it's all, all Belichick. The, it's all a little biased, so? but yeah, I'll give it Belichick. Belichick and the people around there too. But all right, we yeah, man, the story was not that surprising at all. I, I mean, it was. Brady indirectly had talked to Bob Kraft off the record, mm-hmm. just like quietly. Bugs was like, "Yeah, like I don't want to leave you. I'm not done yet, and like I don't want Jimmy being here anymore." And Jimmy got traded. It's pretty. It happens before too. But the interesting part is, you know, there are a couple people, and I'll just say this: I'm not going to tweet this at all, so don't retweet it yourself. But people listen to that's great. Like Paxton Lynch is going to start working with Alex Guerrero. Like mm-hmm. quarterbacks are going there to be around Brady, and you know, I think people on the league see that not only as a you know, hey, let's, you know, for the Patriots thing, more like, hey, it's Brady. You know, if I'm tied to Brady, it's a good thing. So we're going to see more quarterbacks and people and outside the Patriots, like, go to Alex Guerrero. Because if they can be tied to Brady, whether it's the Patriots or whether Brady retires and it's still Guerrero, I mean, like, people in the league are starting to, like, go there because it's it's going to help them, you know, marketing-wise to other teams. So. Yeah. Derek, you got a take? Is your plus five? I mean, haven't all the Patriots games been close? Like, their Super Bowls? So, like, plus five, that's a pretty big margin of error for the Eagles to have, I feel like. And this is a really good team. Even though, I mean, they were clicking with Carson Wentz. I mean, Nick Foles, like you guys were saying earlier, Nick Foles played pretty well. So, if you can kind of bank on that maybe happening again, I think plus five is a pretty good bet. All right. So, uh, that's all we got. No, we got got one more. We got Chuck Stories. Chuck stories from last night. We got to talk about if we already <laughs> talked about uh, your Dan Quinn confidence. We got to talk about the confidence that you had in uh, Beer Garden. Oh, when I told that guy to get out. <laughs> <There's a> dude, <laughs> all right, so we got to explain this. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we're getting drinks with uh, the guys from Football Guys and Josh Norris, who's having a damn iced tea because of course Josh Norris is having an iced tea and he's not drinking anything. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I got to go to bed. It's like seven o'clock, and uh, people are like, we're gonna go to Veets, and we're like, for sure, we're gonna go to Veets. But then uh, an agent that I know walked by and was like, yo, we're upstairs. Like, we'll buy you guys drinks. Come up here and hang out. And nice. I was like, peace, Draft Twitter. You guys go to Veets. We're going to go upstairs and get free drinks from agents. So we went up there. There was like a former scout, a couple of his guys from his agency. 
We're hanging out. We're around the table. I mean, people listen to this can't see, but we're around a table like this. There's like two meatheads, an agent, uh, a former scout, and then us two. We're, we're, we're kind of, I know, but they're still meatheads. That's fine. And then we're, <laughs> we were kind of crowded around the table, and then we like look. There's like a booth behind me, right? And the booth behind me was like people who clearly like had like probably left or whatever. But there was just one dude in that booth, and the the, the dudes from the agency are like stepping up and they're like. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna t- go tell that guy to move because we should go get that booth. It's like wow, like dick swing contest, right? And then they sit down, like, no, I'm go- I'm gonna go do it. And Chuck just like straight up, just like, what's it? I'll go fucking do it. And then he just like, gets up, tells this dude, hey, yo, can no, you get I, the I, fuck I, out I, of here? No, and then he's like, no, we're I good. Right, here comes Mr. I imagine you were nice. I'm, I'm, here comes Mr. Exaggeration. I said, you have, you're sitting here by yourself in the booth. We have eight people over there. Can we sit here? And he's like, yeah. That's totally sense. fair. Yeah. I'm in this situation. I'm always in this situation. I am always Chuck, and I always get bitched out by people like that. So I'm with you on this. I'm like, you can ask nicely. If you want something, you can ask for it. I said, okay. My thing is, he says no. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way. Uh, So, so he was like, yeah, that makes sense. You're right. Then we just flip tables. That was that. I didn't say get the fuck out of here. That's how I imagine it was behind me. To be fair, how many drinks in the agency buy you? Uh, they spent about two he only, he only, buddy, got a gin and tonic. Well, I got like three good drink, and then he was yeah, like, I "Good I, drink." I, I felt good bad drink. about spending people's money like that. I do too. Like strangers. I do too. I don't. I still don't I do don't. that. People <laughs> always have like one by the I, I just like, I was at a meeting today at that uh, Winsels. That was called seafood place. And I was like, I had a beer. I like left twenty. I'm like, I'm not gonna be the guy who's like mooch off a free drink here. So I'm the same way. I'm with you guys, but we're very different. Yeah. So uh, that's gonna conclude episode yeah. 67 of 70 Edge. We'll be back tomorrow with another Senior Bowl recap. And I mean, it's probably gonna be shorter than this one because this, this 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 game sucks this, this year. So uh, <laughs> yeah, episode 67. We'll be back tomorrow. We're gonna try to grab Josh Norris and bully him into coming over with us. Adios.